You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. I'm Nate Kading, and this is Real Success. This is the Corridor Media Group podcast, where we explore the life and careers of the Corridor's most influential business leaders. On today's episode, I sit down with Leslie Epstein. She's the owner and CEO of Your Tanning Bar, the airbrush tanning solution in Cedar Rapids, Coralville, and Bettendorf that provides a UV-free alternative to being bronze. Leslie shares how her grandfather influenced her entrepreneurial spirit when she was young, the story of how tanning an entire sorority gave her a first taste of success, and how she has capitalized on her niche as well as being early to the Iowa market. Leslie also digs into why her partnership with the Hall Perrine Cancer Center and educating the community about Safe Sun has been so important, what her early business plan meant to her later success, and Leslie also teaches me a lot about how exactly airbrush tanning works. I learned a lot, and I think you will too. This episode of Real Success with Nate Kading is brought to you by Midwest One Bank. Midwest One Bank is the proud partner for doers and entrepreneurs in the corridor and beyond. As an SBA preferred lender, our team is ready to help you reach your business goals. It's empowered money management. It's Midwest One Bank, member FDIC. Leslie, thank you so much for for taking the time. We're nearing the end of the uh, the sunny season here in the in the corridor. Yes. It's fall, and uh, you know the days are getting shorter, which means we're all gonna need we're gonna get pasty. <laughs> Why well, need to get our tans back here uh, before too long? And you've got uh, you know a great business here in the corridor in both locations, uh, in Corville and Cedar Rapids, and even over in, in the Quad Cities in um, you know in the tanning business, uh, which which is outstanding. It's something that. Um, you know, it's really unique. And I, we love talking to, you know, on this podcast, small business owners and, you know, not only CEOs, but folks like yourself that, that have small businesses and really excited to, to have you on and join us in the conversation today. But before we dive into some of the, the current nuances of the business, I want to just dive into your, um, your personal story a little bit more and how you, how you came into this business and, and where you got it. it. Did you always have the entrepreneurial bug and itch as a kid growing up? Or was that something that uh, you just came came about as you were a student here at the University of Iowa. Yeah, well, thanks first off for having me. I really appreciate this. Um, I feel like I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial um, family environment. So my, my grandpa started um, a shop, left Rockwell Collins, and started his own um, automotive shop 70-plus uh, years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I was always down at his shop listening to, to him banter with his customers right. and um, just kind of saw him, his work ethic. Um, my parents had some endeavors that I witnessed and my brother was truly um, somebody that I could relate to, I would say the, the closest, but he, um, we always joked around that he could literally sell rocks and he did at age three, <laughs> like just nice. on our, you know, on our, on our street there selling rocks, but he, um, he's been involved since he was 16 into his own endeavors. And, um, so I feel like it was kind of just in my blood, honestly. Yeah. Well, do you have any early childhood memories, like of your grandpa's automotive shop oh, or yes. lessons learned or something along those lines? Oh man, so many, so many. I mean, I saw how he treated his clients and how 
his clients were truly like it was the small business atmosphere that you wanted. You know, he he treated his clients so well, but they had so much respect for him. Um, and he he was a, a brilliant man. And maybe at that time at that industry, you know, a, a mechanic isn't necessarily looked at as this glorified job. But sure. if you went into his shop and you saw how pristine he kept it and the cars that he worked on, um, it was all classic cars. Um, it was his clientele was very affluent and and just very involved in the community and he he stood right there with them so yeah. it was it was cool to see do you remember at that time or did you talk to him after the fact about him taking that leap from more of a corporate job at Rockwell into starting his own business did, did he ever reflect on that with you um, not necessarily. His dad actually had an automotive shop too, but he didn't want to just work on. He, I, I felt like he he saw a niche. He didn't want to just work on a Toyota that came in and whatever. He would only work on specific cars and specific makes. And he had this just niche mindset. Sure. But he was going to do it really, really, really well. Yeah, there's some correlation there between that and yeah. what you're doing now. And yeah, absolutely. so I would say maybe that is where um, his letterhead is in my office framed, and it's it's something that I saw at a young age and. Um, gosh, he was um, in his 80s in flood of 2008, and he's still in the shop down there before now that, you know, turned into such a, right. an area um, right by the river. Uh, his, his shop got flooded, and he's still on the building and, and property, and we're cleaning out his shed, and he's going through, like, each receipt, each client, and just like seeing his story that goes along with each yes. of those and knew them by name. And, yeah. yeah, and he knew, and this guy had this car, and this car is now in California with this guy, and he still knows, and he's sharp as a tack still. Yeah. And you just, um, I feel like it was in his blood as well. That's awesome. What were your jobs in high school growing up? Was there anything that stood out? Did you, did you were you changing? tires and those sort of things in an automotive shop or Oof, no no but I was um I was in the tanning industry so I worked at a conventional tanning salon okay. conventional meaning UV rays the the old school beds that um you know you don't, you don't necessarily see a ton of new tanning salons in that realm come up with with UV beds but um that's where I started at um 16 was okay. working at a conventional tanning salon and I loved it I loved the atmosphere I loved the clients um I saw that it was making people feel good at the time I didn't necessarily know the the health risk right. um because this was um before they were proven a carcinogen basically so right. um it was it was an industry that I loved and I was good at it mm -hmm. And then started that at 16, then came here to the University of Iowa. Did you study business here or did you? Yeah, business was, entrepreneurship. That was my minor. And then I really, um, at that point, it was only a minor. It wasn't offered as a as a major. I could go to business school, but I was a C-plus student. Okay. So I, and I wasn't about to work that hard, to be honest <laughs> yeah. with you. I, a lot to do here in I, Iowa City yes. other than study. Yeah. Yes. But I knew um, my parents really needed me to have that degree. So I did yeah. sociology and then um, business entrepreneurship. And I think I went to maybe 20% of my sociology sure. classes yeah. and every single one of my business entrepreneurship classes. Yeah. I was there thriving, loving it, and wanted more. Found that more, more. interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So where did this idea for your tanning bar start to germinate? Was it while you were here at the university or was it afterwards or? Yeah, no, it was here. So I'd worked at the conventional tanning salon um, since I was 16. I ended up getting um, a, a small bat of skin cancer and that really kind of just changed my ways a little bit. And I knew, I saw the industry and where it was going and that was my biggest change was just seeing that um, spray tanning was just starting to really become popular on the East Coast and West Coast, and it was just starting to get the rage. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I mean, not a diss on Iowa, but we sometimes get a lot of yeah. things last. You know, we're kind of that, um, which isn't always a bad thing. We like to test, we like to see how it takes in other places before we. Known to be the trendsetters. Yeah, we don't need to be the trendsetters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're conservative. We're stable here. So uh, you know, I just saw that that it was really taking off, and I knew, okay, this is exactly where this industry yeah. is going. That's how a lot of great businesses are born is just by being observant, right? And right. kind of studying the market. Yeah. Was that, did you stumble on this on the coast by traveling to those cities or were there, were you reading about it online or just kind of, it was your passion. So you're sort of studying it. Like yeah. how did you observe that? Just being, trend? well, still, even in college, I was still working at that conventional tanning mm-hmm. salon. I would go back, um, on the weekends just cause it was Cedar Rapids. So, and work for this company. And, and like I said, I loved the industry. Um, so it, it was something that I, I knew I wanted to open up my own tanning salon eventually. Mm-hmm. I just didn't realize that it was going to be um, so drastically different from where I already yeah. was. So you identified this potential opportunity or niche that wasn't currently in the tanning industry here locally. So where did it start to flip from being, hey, this just this idea that they're doing on the coast, we're not doing it here, to yeah. like, okay, let's, you know, bank accounts, lawyers, you know, EIN numbers and all that fun stuff, you know, what... Where did it kind of Where flip from a, an idea to something real? Yeah, so I, I wrote my business plan, and I feel like right when I was writing it, I kind of knew right there. My husband always tells this story. We um, This is while you're still in school? You yes, wrote the business plan? Okay. Yes, and um, he came into my room, and I had like all these Post-it notes sitting in my bed, and I was just sitting there with my laptop, and I was creating this business plan, and then I had all these you know crazy yeah. ideas that come with it. Um, but the fun part is so many of those fundamentals that I l- literally wrote on all these posted notes in my bed that day are things that we implement still right there. now, yeah. still there. So it, um, I would say just researching is where I really knew that this is where, this is where everything was going. Yeah. The demand was there. Yep. yep. Not to get too much in the weeds, but being also being a tippy business school graduate, talk me through that business plan. Like how, what was the structure of that? Like, yeah. you know, what, what was the format? What, what did the, the early, your tanning bar business plan look like? Oh, Do you man. still have it too? Is that something that's Ooh, somewhere? Yeah, I probably could pull it out. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Still have that. Um, the business model was, was simple. I was going to start because I had no money. I was 19. Okay. I was going to start mobile and I did. Um, like and going I, to people's homes. And, going to people's yeah. houses. Yep. Literally throwing up a Facebook page saying, hey, this is what I do. I'll come to your house. This is what we charge. There wasn't Venmo, PayPal, you know, none of those, none of the things. You yeah. pay me cash. I came to your house. <laughs> yeah. We called it good, right? Yeah. Um, and it really just took off. And then I realized like so many people were calling me every single week and I was just, I was busy. Yeah. And so it it was an awesome little side gig and the fact that it kept me busy. Oh, and then I went into a sorority and did 80 tans in one night and realized yeah, I the was a millionaire in college. <laughs> yeah, yes. That's great. Um, Good old duffel bag of money. Yeah, yeah. it was beautiful. Um, so just to back up real quick for people like me that aren't super familiar with the tanning yes. sort of world, give us the quick, you know, lowdown on how what you're doing at your tanning bar is different than what you might think of the old school way of a tanning salon. Yeah. So um, this is spray tanning applied by a technician. So completely custom, more known as airbrush tanning, but a lot of people don't spray tan is just kind of what's well known. Yeah. Um, So an actual technician will... um, will apply the tan right onto your skin. Okay. Um, so it's customized to your skin tone. So I'm actually a, a, a pretty uh, 
pale ginger. Mm -hmm. And so okay. I don't have a tan on right now because I'm leaving for Cali, so it's tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah. um yeah. I I'm typically a pretty pale individual. So, so for get your somebody custom who, color. Yes. What are they actually spraying? Again, dumb question here, but yes. what are they actually spraying? On someone so the actual solution there's thousands and thousands of solutions out there but the the biggest ingredient and you're gonna be like why did I ask this question after but it's yeah. called dehydroxyacetone is this a component um, <laughs> to give you a real simple it doesn't version help me of much. it yeah. yeah the the chemistry behind it is basically it works with your own DNA cells um, and um, how to kind of make this simplified, but it, it basically works with your DNA cells to produce um, tannins who, that produce that color. Huh. So it's actually um, almost like a stain for your skin. Interesting. And the technician, so. is there some sort of license for this or is there a, a certification or how yeah. does that work? Yeah, so I went out to California right away to get certified in this because at the time that was kind of really the only option. Now, if you go to beauty school or something like mm -hmm. that, they'll, they'll train you in that. Um, but in-house, we have a, a certification program that we take all of our technicians through. Nice. So they're not on the floor for about a month, but you're learning the ins and outs of skin. You're learning how to custom a tan, customize yeah. a tan. And it's, you know, you look at a magazine and you see even a guy or or a chick in a, in a swimsuit, well, that's all airbrush. That's right. not her natural skin tone 99% yeah. of the time. So uh, people think it's always like, you know, it's Photoshop, but in really, that's a damn good spray tan is right. what that is. <laughs> um, so we can highlight- A whole new world out there. Yeah. yeah. That's great. We can highlight your muscles. We can do, you know, bodybuilding is huge with the, with sure. the tanning industry. Highlights those muscles, gets them stage ready. Anything from pageants to- um, you know, just special occasion, special weddings. Occasion. Yes, yeah, exactly. Those, yep. Weddings. But then we our our business model is is unique in the sense that women and, and men like to just have some color. It makes them feel good. Sure. So it's an instant confidence boost. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's I at first when I started this business, I was like, God, this is naive. I'm tanning people like should I really be promoting, you know, that not to be cool in your own skin, right? right. Like what do kids think of this? And then the reality is you're getting them out of tanning beds. They're going to do it anyways. Um, healthier. It's a yeah. very healthier. It's a, it, our, our solution you can literally drink. It's completely organic. So mm -hmm. it's, um, it's just a, a way to practice safe sun. And in that, we've kind of built the business around really really educating our clients on safe sun. Okay. Um, so we all love the sun, but the sun doesn't love us necessarily. Sure. And I think we're all kind of learning that sunscreen is cool and it right. is a necessity. And That's great. Um, so building kind of that culture, educational yeah, culture around yeah. it beyond just coming in and getting the and service. Getting and getting a tan. Yeah. 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 And we've definitely, we've partnered um, with Hall Perrin Cancer Center. They are huge advocates of us. Um, we have so many dermatologists that see people still in tanning beds are, are not practicing safe sun outside and getting burned on a regular basis and they're sending them our way. So that is like where yeah. my head is. Um, all right, we are doing something good because this is. Okay. Now one more so question fun. just to bring myself up to speed before yeah. we go back to this, yeah. the origin story here, which is the real, the real fun stuff. So how long is it? I come into the, your tanning bar. How, I'll come in and I'm out. How long does it take? Uh, 10, 15 minutes. That's it. Nice. Yeah, if that. And that includes paperwork, checking out the whole shebang. It okay. is, it's a quick process. That's um, awesome. You are dressing down to your comfort level. Um, so we do have women that go nude. We have women that, you know, just wear underwear or, or, or 
uh, bikini guys, we require to wear something. So usually <laughs> okay. we have boxers or, you know, swimsuits yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. you're literally okay. walking out like you just left the beach. That's so sweet. it's instantly satisfying. And it, when I say confidence boost, I Absolutely. mean, it is that instant yeah, feel good moment. Yeah. You're ready to roll. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Now, now I, 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 you got this? Yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so back, you're traveling around, you're, you're still at the university. You've got this mobile unit situation where you're going to sororities, you're kind of, you're, you're making some money, right? You've kind of yep. proven the, you know, the minimum viable product to steal another tippy term. So you've got a proof of concept, right? And yep. then, so when does it get to like, okay, I, I want to take the leap here and get this first brick and mortar store up and running. How did, where would you go from that to, was it sort of immediate or did it, were there other things mm -hmm. in between along the way or? Yeah. So I was doing medical sales after I graduated and I lasted maybe six months in that and I was selling a medical software. And still doing this on the side. Still doing this after I graduated. Yep. yep. And then, um, still doing the mobile mm -hmm. side of spray tanning. And when I was going into offices, um, to talk to these doctors there and nurses to sell them this medical software, they were like, gosh, that's a great tan. Da, 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 da. And so I was like, well, here's my business card. <laughs> yeah. I can come in. Da, da, da. And I, I wasn't getting calls back from um, the docs and nurses to have the software. They were calling me back in because they oh, wanted damn. me to spray tan them. <laughs> I love it. And I realized right then and there, like, I, I, medical sales was not my was not my gig. Um, but they're calling me back for, for the reason I need to be. Sure. So it it really took off the medical sales aspect, um, you know, got me the revenue to start it. Mm -hmm. But, um, within six months I looked at my boss and I was like, I have to be honest with you. You think I'm going into Dr. So-and-so's office to sell them our medical software. Yeah. And in reality, other things are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm there every week because I'm spraying their entire staff <laughs> and yeah. it was beautiful. And she giggled a little, she may have been a little pissed, but she didn't necessarily, you know, she congratulated me and said, go, go follow your path. And, right. and I did. So I opened a little brick and mortar on first Avenue, um, by the Mac there in Cedar Rapids, rented out a little room and truly grew organically. Mm -hmm. Um, started with a very small member base and grew that. And that's how we've been able to continue our slow and steady pace is just truly started small and kept yeah. going. And that was in 2011, 2012 yes. time frame for the first Cedar Rapids shop. Yep. Now yep. you're at three stores, you know, one in Coralville, one in Cedar Rapids, one in the Quad Cities. Let's do the, you know, look back, look forward sort of exercise here. So what okay. was, if you look back on it in that first year, two years, what do you think were the most challenging aspects of owning and operating a small business that you wouldn't have imagined before you got into it? What, what, what was the things like, oh man, like I didn't know. How hard this was actually going to be. be. You're, you're good yeah. at applying the, the the tans, but you know how. But you didn't know this about the business. Yeah, I didn't know. Um, you know, sales would be such a huge part of this. Um, I never told people really about like the product side of things. I never mm -hmm. told people. You know, I was like, great, you love your tan. Maybe schedule again next week or the week after if you want to come back. Yeah. You know, I I never actually said. Or, yeah. yeah. Do you want a membership? Do you want a package? Do you want it? There's so much more. Um, involved, even though it's a one service operation and very niche, there's, there's so many outlets. And I would say that was, um, where I actually became a business is when I realized, um, all the add-ons, all the, all the, um, inner workings Pricing could actually and make and money. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And once I got that first tax bill, then you realized, yeah, you got to make <laughs> your money. 
So how did you, did you have mentors? Did you have folks around you that helped you with sort of the business modeling, the things beyond just the application of the, of the spray tan or who talk a bit about your team and how you learned about this stuff on the, on the marketing side. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of internet and Googling and figuring it out. I was a one woman show at that point and I had a lot of hustle and I think that probably worked to my advantage just because I didn't have any money. And so you had to hustle. And I think so many entrepreneurs give that same story. So I know that's cliche, but when you're starting a business and you really are in the hustle, someplace that I maybe never want to be again in my life, Mm -hmm. it's a different hustle now, I guess. Yeah. But it's, um, Man, that drive and that, you know, you, I if you get needed this an launch answer. sort of pressure, right? Yeah. It's different than like, I'm already in the jet stream and we're going. Yes. It's still work and it's, it's hard in different ways, but it's, yeah, there's, you know, being someone that's being a part of launching some businesses myself, it's like, yeah, there's a different sort of, different sort of so, feeling there when yes. you got to get it going and it's unproven and you're building your, your customer base up and completely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What, um, was there a moment? In that first year where you thought, what the heck did I get myself into? Or was it, was it constantly just kind of reaching a new goal, the next goal? Did you ever have any regrets once you got into it? Um, no, honestly, I knew I needed to really, I had my head down and I knew I needed to hustle. I need, I knew I wanted to grow this thing. And I, I realized early on that the industry, I, I started way too young for the industry mm-hmm. and realistically, I was able to hang on to it um, because looking at our industry and where we are now, I started so soon. I started before people didn't even know what the heck a spray tan even was. Um, You know, and and it was funny because when my professor for that business plan, he gave me a C plus. (laughs) And now he asked me to come talk to his class all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I always joke about it too. um, You know, like to all of his kids, like don't actually listen to his grading system because it's bullshit. Because here I am, he gave me a C plus (laughs) and now he calls me every semester to talk to you guys. So, um, well, that's kind of, the beauty of successful businesses like this is you got to sort of be peeking up around the corner. If you're just giving people the same of what they've always had, then that isn't, you're not creating a new market. You're not, you have Correct, an identified yeah. demand that no one is currently meeting. So that's kind of part of the entrepreneurial totally. the risk, right? Like you, you got to hang on because yeah, yeah. if your industry isn't there, I mean, you've got to be able to hang on. And luckily I had not much to hang yeah. on to, you know, I didn't have kids. I didn't have a husband to make sure I was X, Y, Z with. And so it works and it, right. I'm That's glad awesome. I kept hanging on. Absolutely. <laughs> and as you grow, one of the more challenging things with any business, but especially small business going from a one person shop who has a brick and mortar or, or traveling around to now you have employees. Yes. Talk a bit about your strategy or how you would characterize your philosophy around managing other people and your culture and your team and leadership and the, those sort of things, the, the people-to-people aspect of business. How do you approach that? Yeah, that was so foreign to me. And and now I value my manager more than anyone ever. Um, she's my right-hand woman and she... How did you find her? What's her name? Um, I got so lucky. Her <laughs> name is Miss Caitlin Lippart. Shout out to her. She's, uh, she's a rock star. But she came through our company as a part-time gig through college and kind of like me, fell in love with the industry and she just worked her way up and now she's our district manager and and really runs the ins and outs of all the day-to-day of the three locations. And um, I got so 
lucky in that aspect. But I feel like I had a lot of mentors growing up and just people I always followed that owned corporations and really talked about like your vibe attracts your tribe. I will never forget that saying. And I I learned it when I was maybe 20 years old, but, um, realistically, how would you you define your vibe? What is, what is the vibe? Oh man, my vibe. I, I love to have fun. I, I really, um, always have a positive attitude about Mm -hmm. things. And, I think I always try and find the good. And if there's something bad that, that happens, we, we will figure it out. So yeah. I would say I have a lot of patience in that realm. And I, um, I think my staff maybe appreciates that um, I'm calm with them and I'm patient. And I've been in their shoes. I know exactly what they're doing on their day-to-day because I did it. Sure. And so there's that respect level of like, oh, it's not, it's not just my boss that right. has this or has that. She, she did this. She grew that company she started when she was my age, right. you know? So I think I, they can relate to me in that sense. Sure. I'm curious, do you, how do you manage the business on a day-to-day, week-to-week sort of basis in the sense of like, you know, how are you structuring meetings? Are you bringing everybody in from the different locations? Do you have big quarterly meetings, annual meetings? Talk a bit about the cadence of kind of your business organization and, and operations from a day-to-day perspective with your entire team. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of my team, um, this is a part-time job for them. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, their next step after college, they're going to have their, yeah. their, I call them a big boy job and big boy, you know, big girl job. Um, so this is a lot of, um, and I, and I totally get that. Cause I, again, was in their shoes working at a tanning salon and right. knowing that it wasn't my end all, but our day-to-day, um, we have, we have amazing clients. We have regular members that come in every single, um, whether it's once a week or every other week that we see on a regular basis, we know their family, their kids, their, their, their livelihood, their everything. Um, so our day to day is as cheesy as it sounds. We make people feel good every single yeah, day, like which it. is so satisfying. It's such a positive, uplifting environment that we have. Um, but Caitlin, who I just mentioned, she, um, she handles that every day, that day to day process. So my, job is more um, growing the business, getting involved in our community, and, and more of the outreach, whereas she, her day-to-day is really handling all of our staff, all sure. of our clients, um, our members, our, our, our bread and butter. And then um, another gal, Kara Hogan, I have to mention, she um, also is a manager down at our Coralville location. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is actually who owns our Bettendorf location. So oh, it's nice. a franchise concept. Oh, cool. So um, really awesome too. And I feel like it's great for our staff to see that, you know, they maybe come in and think this is an awesome little part-time job in college. Them. Yeah. And then they've seen these two girls who have came into this company at that same age and now to see where they're at in this company. Can be their platform. Exactly, exactly. How do you approach goal setting? I mean, the best way I've had it described to me, and it's just, you know, sports analogies or is definitely relevant to business, especially small business when you're rallying a group of people, you're either leading to a number or leading to an event, right? Like, do you guys have something specific each year? Like, hey, we're gonna, we need to get membership to X or X amount of revenue. Are you more of a numbers person? You're saying like, hey, we want to, you know, more of a mission, you know, we want to make people happy, like that sort of stuff. Talk a bit about how you guys set goals and celebrate the wins. Talk a bit about that. Yeah. So I'm definitely a numbers person. And if Caitlin were right here right now, she'd probably be giggling at me because I (laughs) drill numbers nonstop. But um, what are your key metrics? What are your your KPIs? So honestly, 
I, I keep it simple. I want to just, I want to grow organically and I want to grow. I don't need this, this, uh, this crazy growth that I need 10 locations by next year. I'm a very, um, maybe sometimes I call myself a lazy paneur, um, <laughs> because I really love to, um, personally, I love 20% every single year is my goals. Yeah. It's just a slow, steady stride, and that's always worked for us. And we kind of just stay at that, at that ball, keep that ball rolling, mm-hmm. basically at a steady, steady pace. You know, yes, we've done leaps, we've done then you know, COVID things like that happens yeah. where we've definitely taken steps back. Um, but that is kind of just my ultimate goal is to if an to opportunity continue. presents itself that feels right yes. at the right time then you yes. can you know whether it's expansion or something else yeah yes yep you know and sometimes I kick myself because I'm like why don't I have 10 locations under my belt right now I've been in business almost 12 years yeah. why, why don't I have 10 locations and then I step back and still see my growth and that's where I'm proud of and yeah. that's where I want to keep going so you're saying same store year over year growth is you know that goals in that 10 15 20 percent yes. sort of range and that's impressive yeah. for each yeah, yeah. that's great uh, talk a bit about like looking out into the, into the future, into the horizon. Like what, what do you want your tanning bar to be 10 years from now, 15 years from now? Yeah, I would love, um, I would love uh, more locations, um, kind of doing the similar concept of, of the franchise world. We're just, we're just dabbling, getting into that world and that's mm-hmm. a whole other world. Yeah. Um, so do you have a franchise attorney or someone that you're consulting with for that? Yes. Talk about, that's an interesting, He's probably going to bill me for this yeah, so. part of small business. <laughs> Talk a bit about that process. Um, yeah. So having a franchise attorney, making sure all those legalities are, are buttoned up. No and, man. Yeah. And that's huge. And I, and, and realizing that, you know, that first location, once you take that franchise leap, it's not necessarily something that you're going to reap the benefits of right away whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like once I have maybe four or five of my franchises under my belt, then, then that's, that's where the growth of franchising, I think really comes into play. Right. Um, but I, I love, I love that we're expanding and I love that we are, my main, my main goal is to almost recruit um, women who want to own their own establishment, whether they own gyms or they own a health spa or, you know, something along the lines of being in this industry and they want to be a part of your tanning bar. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal. I'd ideally like to stick with Iowa first. Um, but I am open to a few other markets that we're doing some research in right now. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's the future is is to hopefully have other female entrepreneurs come into play with us and, Um, I can't be at those lows. I can't be at all those yeah, locations. Only one you, right? yeah. 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 So, uh, giving them the bread and butter of the business model and sticking to our core and not straying necessarily from it and, and growing it that way. What, one more kind of business strategy question. What's interesting about your model is that it's, even though there's other elements within, you know, the beauty, health and beauty industry, you stuck with one service, one niche service within your tanning yes. bar. Talk yeah. a bit about how you've resisted the urge to yeah. Later on, you know, bundle together other services and do do other things. Yeah. So so many people always come into our our salon and are like, oh, you know, I love this service. I wish you had this and this and this and this. You know, and I'm like, but do you? Because think <laughs> about that. Do you go into a restaurant and you want five pages of, right. you know, you go into a cheesecake factory and it's like cheap. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You want the curation or the, yeah, you no, can't, that's a spe- like these are the best at this one thing. Right. Like, you that's can't why I'm be here. good at all of these things. Right. Like just stick to what you're good at. 
And so I always joke around with them like, no, you do not want me to do your own hair. As you see my hair right now, I can't do hair. I am not into hair. (laughs) I know one thing and one thing only, and that's your skin and how to tan it. And so um, I just, I I love that we're that niche business because it sets us us apart. And then as a consumer... I mean, if somebody's only doing one service and one service only, and yeah. they've been in business for 12 plus years, you know they're freaking good. If I want a healthy tan, this is where I go. Boom. You got it. Keep it uncomplicated, keep it frictionless. Yes. You're coming in 10, yes. 15 minutes, and you're, yeah, yes. that's great. Yeah. What probably isn't simple is the fact that you're a new mom within the last year. Talk a bit about how that yeah. has changed your, um, that it obviously changed your personal life, but talk a bit about your business, how that's changed your business life and your day-to-day and how you're kind of juggling that the, yeah. the newfound responsibilities of, of being a mom. Yeah. So we definitely, we weren't actually going to have kids. I'm 35 and kind of just like a light bulb hit me and I was just woke up and said, no, we need, we need to have kids. Okay. I, I felt this urge. I, my brother and sister, um, in-law had a, had a baby and that really like changed my ways because I just had one focus and I was just going to be this businesswoman sure. who maybe wasn't necessarily wearing that mom title. It kind of scared me. And I, I'd seen so many women in business just kind of leave their business to, to do the mom life. And I was just so adamant that that was not going to be me. Right. Um, now I freaking love it and all about <laughs> it. And, uh, it turns out you can do both. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's definitely changed my day to day. I think I value my team so much more, to be honest with you. I was able to step away completely this last year and just really encompass being with my babes and doing what I want to do for my business. And mm-hmm. that was a huge thing. I didn't feel like I was actually working for my business. I did the things that I wanted to do and blessed that we're at a place where, you know, if there's something that we're not good at, we're going to hire somebody who is good at it. Sure. And I think that's part of being a leader is just delegating mm-hmm. and putting the right people in those right positions. And I really like had a mindset this last year when I was pregnant, um, you know, just, Hey, I'm going to be stepping out. So this person is in place for this. This is in place for this. And just lining up all of my ducks in a row so that I could step away for a little bit and not be right. in the salons every day. Are you someone that has the ability to kind of turn business off when you're at home with the family? Or as I know with small business owners, especially, that's always a very tricky thing. You always feel the weight of the responsibility and yeah. problems pop up and those sort of things. Like, what, what's that like for you in terms of your an elite line of demarcation? Or are you fine with that? You just kind of you just kind of been wallowing in it long enough where it just follow the business follows you around wherever you go? Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, my staff might laugh at this one, but I am kind of creepy. Like I'll, I do know what's going on, even though I'm not there, you yeah, know, follow I, the sales. Yeah. And why that person. I didn't... mean, everything's at our hand at our fingertips now. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So like, even though I'm not there every single day anymore, I'm still present. Right. And, um, I am able to turn it off though. Cause I think that's healthy. That's cool. Um, and again, I have amazing managers and uh, Kara's rocking her her location in Bettendorf and and so I have the right people in place that I I can turn it off a little bit I would say it's never like fully off you know that switch is maybe half half it yeah when I'm home but I I do feel like I can really step away yeah is there any advice you would have for aspiring business owners small business owners in terms of I don't want to call it work-life balance. I don't know if the balance is ever the right, you know, always kind of trying to figure it out, but just general sort of happiness and wellness and those sort of things in terms of just, you know, treating all the responsibility that comes with owning a business and and having that just be a part of your life. Is there any sort of general 
advice you would uh, dispense on that front? Man, I would just say embrace where you're at because especially with my kiddo, I mean, she turns one next month and I swear I was just pregnant. It's quick, so right? it just, yeah, it's so, it's so quick. And I know that's cheesy to say because everyone tells you that. And then when you're in it, it really yeah. it, it hits home. But I would say to any mom, mom, dads out there wanting to start a business, do it. Because, I mean, if you want to be m the most motivated in your life, either have no money and start a business in your 20s or bring a child into this world that will really motivate yeah. you. At least it did for me. I mean, I just I wanted I wanted to show her what a what a hardworking Absolutely. mom looks like and it's super cool. Yeah. That's great. A couple more questions you a former business student, but you strike me as someone that's naturally curious and a lifelong learner. Like how are you getting how are you there's a favorite podcast, are there books, are there websites? Twitter handle, like, who, how are you getting, you know, staying up to date and learning about business or your industry? Like, what's your strategy on that front to continue um, to kind of sharpen the, the tools and the toolkit to get better? Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm always up to date on, on podcasts. I love a good, um, especially female entrepreneurship podcast. What, I live what are some of your favorites them. there? Um, I like Girl Boss. Allie Webb is a huge um, staple in, in my world. She, um, you're probably not necessarily familiar with Allie Webb, but she is cr uh, creator of Dry Bar. Oh, yeah, which yeah. Is, oh, no, yeah. Okay, and now they have 150 locations. And, That's super, yeah. And, and uh, she's just really good at branding herself. Mm -hmm. She could literally have a crock pot and brand it, and it'll be the hottest <laughs> thing tomorrow. Right. But um, so, yeah, there's definitely certain people that I've always followed and just admired. I love to go to conferences. I will sit down in any educational setting that has to do with any business mindset there is. I love meeting fellow entrepreneurs. Um, I could live and breathe, talk business all day long. Yeah. So, and I think that's how you stay up with it. I mean, it's at our fingertips too. So I feel like um, being who's involved your, in your community yeah. is, is... Who's your tribe of fellow homie business owners in the Cedar Rapids, Iowa City area? Do you have other folks in yeah. different industries? Or like, who, who's like, if you're sitting down like the perfect like table of coffee or, you know, a bottle of wine to talk business locally, like who else are you, you running with on that front? Yeah. So I have a really good girlfriend. Um, shout out to Bailey Sweeney. She's, uh, she owns Ritual and Sanctuary Med Spa. Um, she is definitely somebody that I love to talk, talk business with. Um, I actually have a lot of, uh, of members that come in on a regular basis to our salons. I mean, this may sound a little snooty, but our, our clientele is the cream of the crop that are coming to get a spray tan. It's not a cheap service. So mm -hmm. it's um, a lot of affluent women who are badass in their work field. Yeah. And so we have so many amazing women who are moms who run the show, um, own their own business, or are are in awesome jobs in the community that really that's feel awesome. me. Yeah. So, and that's, that's the best is when you're, you're the service provider, but there's an equal uh, respect level because you're the person you're giving that service to respects the crap out of you and you respect the crap out of them. And it's, uh, um, I would say that is who I really love to run with. Yeah. That's so cool. Last question. We asked most of the folks to come on here. How, do you f define success, not only for yourself, but for your business? If you were to condense it down into one or two sentences, what, is, what does success mean to you? Oh, man. I would say success to me is uh, truly being comfortable in your own shoes, um, really being happy 
maybe not necessarily content because I don't think you can get too content in your shoes, but I think um, happiness and and being comfortable in your in your position and and having that confidence in yourself, um, I think defines success. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for, for taking the time and uh, look forward to watching the, the business grow, not only here locally within the corridor, but uh, out and beyond uh, from where it's at currently. So thank you so much, Leslie, for taking the time. Awesome. Thank you, Nate. You bet. My thanks to Leslie Epstein for coming onto the show to talk about her real success. You can learn more about Your Tanning Bar and get your tan on the healthy way at yourtanningbar.com. And I'd also like to thank Midwest One Bank for sponsoring this podcast. You can learn more and experience simply better banking at midwestone.bank. And of course, this podcast is produced by our good friends at Upload Media Group, located in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, visit uploadmediagroup.com. And of course, if you enjoy this show, please consider subscribing and reviewing on your podcast platform of choice. It helps us to continue to develop and grow. Real Success with Nate Kading is a Corridor Media Group podcast. For more information, visit corridorbusiness.com.